Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Come on, can that be your Can that be your song tonight? Come on, can that be your anthem? That if he's not in it, we don't want it. Come on, can you can you just say that God if if you're not in it, then I don't want it. Come on, say it. Come on online. Say it. Type it in the chat. God, if you're not in it, then I don't want it. That's what we're believing for tonight is that we would take hold of literally everything that God has for us and anything else, Lord, we do not want it. What do you think of that? Amen. I mean, I don't want it if God's not in it. I know Amen. that for sure. We we have been in a season of trusting God's timing and um, there have been many moments where I'm like, I'm not going to force it. I want it to be all God all the time. So. So. If you're here tonight, you logged on and you're just saying, man, but it looks so good. <laughs> Come on tonight, we're believing. Yeah. God, if you're not in it, then we don't want it. Hey, we wanna welcome you again, tuning in uh, live online with our Facebook and our YouTube. Come on, throw it in the chat, welcome someone, greet them, whatever it may be. It's gonna be a powerful night tonight. But again, just a quick intro. My name is Pastor Tom and this is my amazing wife, uh, Jess, and we together lead our student and young adult ministry. It is our honor, our great responsibility to be able to raise up a generation that desperately needs hope, but also authenticity as well too and so uh, we together along with our team we lead our student and young adult ministry and it's just our honor to be able to do it Uh, but we wouldn't be able to do what we do nor be who we are if it wasn't for our amazing lead pastors as well too so we want to honor our lead pastors pastor josiah and pastor marie uh aren't we grateful we're grateful incredibly incredibly grateful for them they've just been such uh you know those people that you're just like man they just always know what to say at the right time not only is that them, and not only do they do it just for us, but they are just that, that sound voice that, that we need as a church. So come on, Freedom House, can you throw it in the chat and just say we're so grateful for our lead pastors. We love you, Pastor Zaya, Pastor Marie. We're so grateful for the investment that you have in our lives, in our marriage, but also in our Freedom House family. And so we honor them. And uh, we got something special cooked up for tonight as we continue our Galatians Bible study. But before we do, student young adult ministry, what do you think? It's 2021. 2021. Much better than 2020, I'll tell you. First of all, we're having in-person back, student back in and person young adult and night. And online, yeah. And um, so I'm going to share something that blessed me recently was a parent reached out to me via Instagram and said, I'm cracking up right now. And I'm sorry if this sounds relatable because you'll Just know. Donate no I'm names. Not gonna, so. I'm not going to say any names, <laughs> but if it sounds relatable, I'm sorry that your mom told on you. But um, she said, I walked into my child's room and they're screaming because a sporting event is scheduled on a live night and they have to be at the sporting event. And they said, I don't know whether to be happy that I'm going to a sporting event or to cry because I can't be at a live night. And I said, oh my gosh, like how amazing is that? That that's what they would rather be doing is 
coming to a live night, coming to Freedom House, coming to be in the presence of God. That blesses me tremendously. I know it blesses my husband and it blesses our pastors because we truly are seeing a generation raised up with a heart after God to do all of his will. Amen. And, And that's just one of many. Our student young adult ministry, we are just seeing God do incredible things. And so we kind of want to take a little bit of time because uh, it's not normal, especially coming out of a pandemic. Like we're we're, we're coming up, like I want you to get a little insight of what we're dealing with is a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, anxiety, a lot of anxiousness, a lot of feeling overwhelmed, stress, and a lot of suicide ideation as well too. Meaning literally that, that students and young adults have attempted suicide as well too. And so what God is doing, it's amazing. We're seeing students at the end of service already. Service is over, altar call is already done. We're out eating pizza for junior high, high school night, still in tears at the altar, yeah. crying, getting breakthrough, not only in junior high and high schoolers, but our young adults as well. Y'all better get ready this Friday because yeah. man, I'm telling you, do not miss it. If you are a young adult between the ages of 18 to 30 and and you're in early college or the early workforce career, you need to be here either in person or on Zoom, whatever it may be. That's all I'm going to say. Do not miss it. But uh, I love and, and, and just, again, just the honor to be able to see what God is doing through our student ministry. I wouldn't be able to do it without this amazing woman. So I'm just super grateful for my wife. But uh, are you ready to jump into Bible study tonight? Yes. Let's go ahead. We're going to go ahead, take our seats. You could be seated. And uh, we're going to dive in to pick up right where we left off. Uh, again, we do our first Wednesdays. And after first Wednesdays, we jump back into our current Bible study. And uh, we are currently on the book of Galatians. And have you been enjoying it? Come on, has, has it been blessing you? I know uh, with us being at home, we're just like, man, this is blessing our socks off. Yeah. Uh, we, we just got a little puppy. So um, <laughs> he's trying to chew our socks. And our toes. Trying to chew my Bible. Yeah. And so we're like, bro, come on. Settle down a little bit. He's trying to get the word of God. That's what he's trying to get. He's trying to eat that fresh bread. Um, And so we are going to pick up in uh, Galatians. I almost said Ephesians. Galatians chapter 3. And we're going to go through 15 through 20. And uh, just to kind of help remind us a little bit uh, before we read the text tonight is we're just going to do a quick recap. And then we're going to jump into the study for tonight. And so uh, last up was Pastor Brian and Alyssa did an amazing job uh, talking about in, Gal- in Galatians chapter 3 through verses 14, uh, there's this, this, they call it, uh, if you like, want to get like, like you want to stunt a little bit, call it a pericope, okay? Because it's a series of verses. It's not a paragraph, but it's a pericope. Uh, and so Pastor Brian and Alyssa broke down uh, up to verse 14 last week, really emphasizing this is that it is a subject matter of faith, not works, okay? A subject matter of faith and not works. However, works are important as a believer. And we'll talk a little bit more about that tonight. But here's what they, they, they really emphasized last week is that this is a matter of relationship, okay? Yeah. It's a matter of relationship and not religion. And I love these verses because in those verses, uh, in Galatians, uh, we're, we're dealing with, with Paul. Remember, uh, let me take you back a little bit. Remember that Paul in, in the beginning of chapter three is like, he just, he flies off the hinges and he's like, who tricked you? Like, like who deceived you? Like what's going on? And so tonight you, you, you may hear a little bit different language that we're going to try and help piece this back together. But Paul's big emphasis is this. It is not a matter of what you are able to do. Right. It's a matter simply of you being filled with the spirit and having the faith of that as well too. So we're going to get into that tonight. Okay, we did a quick little recap. Let's read the verses, verses 15 through 20. Why don't you read verses 15 through 17? I'll do 18 through 20. Okay. 
Brothers and sisters, I'm using a human illustration. No one set aside or make addition to a validated human will. Now, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say, and to seeds, plural, as though referring to many, but referring to one, and to your seed, who is Christ. My point is, the law which came 430 years later does not invalidate a covenant previously established by God, and this cancel the promise. For if the inheritance depends on the law, then it is no longer depending on the promise. But God in his grace gave it to Abraham through a promise. Why then was the law given at all? Have you ever wondered, like, like you read the Bible and you're like, why was there a law? Well, here's the answer. Uh, the law, why then was the law given at all? It was added because of transgressions, meaning added because of sin, until the seed, and notice that that's capitalized. Okay, notice that, that that's capitalized. So, if it's a capitalization, then it's referring to someone who is important here. To whom the promise referred had come, this being Jesus. The law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator. A mediator, however, implies, implies more than one party. But God is one. But God is one. Tonight, we're going to continue our Bible study on the book of Galatians. But before we jump in, let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, that, that, that your word is still alive and active. We thank you, Lord, that, that through it, you speak to every season that we are currently in, whether that's restlessness, whether that's peace, whether that's feeling overwhelmed by the waves of life or whatever it may be, you have a word that is in season for us. God, we thank you. May you take over the microphones, take over our voices and speak to us tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, Galatians chapter 3, verse 15. Uh, there's, there's, again, we picked up a little bit last week of, of where Pastor Brian and Alyssa had left, or not last week, the week prior, um, of where they had left off. And I think in looking at this series of verses here is there's, there's some words that are pretty hefty. Right. We have inheritance. We have covenant. We have law. We have uh, promise. We have mediator. We have all these words that are, are, are being given to us in these scriptures and so I, I think what's best is if we start at the top and we kind of work our way down one by one. Yeah. But for us, is, is the way we're, we're going to kind of tackle this is we want to really break down some of these key words that are inside of this text as well, too. Because maybe you've read the Bible and you come across the word like transgressions and you're like, transgress, trans, <laughs> transfigure, trans... It's a little complicated, okay? And so we're going to spend some time tonight to really kind of break these things down and, and to help us bring an understanding. And then we're just going to encourage some folks tonight. I really, yeah. do, I really do believe like we, we're going to encourage some people tonight. And so verse 15, it says, Brothers and sisters, let me take an example from everyday life, just as no one can set aside or add to a human covenant that has been duly, esta or duty, duly established, so it is in this case. And so what Paul is saying is, is look, there, there, there is nothing that could simply be added on top of this part right here, right. that what's done has been done. Like, there, there, there cannot be anything additional. And so let's start breaking down here. Let's, start, let's talk about covenant. What do you got a little bit to share on when it comes to covenants? I mean, when I was a new believer, I was like, what is that? I what wasn't married. <laughs> I was single as a Pringle, and I didn't know what that meant. Just like transgression, like, what is that? It's sin. So um, a covenant is an agreement between, well, in this case, between God and Abraham. So um, 
the agreement is, like my husband said, it cannot be broken, it cannot be changed, it cannot be canceled, it cannot be altered. So I think that that's important because when I think of a covenant now, I think of the covenant between my husband and I and how we took on that covenant between not just my husband and I, but we took it on before God. And that's because that is something that God established is marriage. And so this is another thing that God established, which was his covenant with Abraham that cannot be canceled. It cannot be annulled. And um, so it's important for us to know that because what we're going to talk about, we have to know that there's nothing that's going to remove that from us. There's nothing that can take that away. So Good. So you would say then in this scripture right here that as far as a covenant goes, I can't try and add in like the fine clause or the fine print. No. Right? Like, like the yeah. contract, like it's already been signed. Everything's already been delivered. Like, like I cannot be like, oh, and uh, Pastor Tom gets like eternity bonus points. Like none of that. Okay. So what, what we're, and the reason why we kind of want to take this angle on this is because, uh, again, let's go back that in this, this time period when Paul is writing this letter, there are Judaizers who are coming to actually try and add on top of a covenant that was already made right. prior to, to Christ dying and all that. So here's what they're saying is, look, Christ may have died, but... Yeah, there's these things you still have to do. You still have to get circumcised. You still have to do this. You still have to wash your hands in purification. You still, you can't, you can't do this on the Sabbath. And so they're adding on top of these things. But here's why we want to start with this is, I love that you brought up Abraham because Abraham, this is a covenant that was made between God and man, right. not between God, man, and law. And we're going to break this down a little bit. And so I want to read out of Genesis 12, because maybe God has made you a promise. Mm. Maybe God has, has promised you your marriage would be restored. Maybe God has promised you that your family member would be healed. Maybe God has promised you that, that you would see restoration in, in, in an area of your life or your finances or something. I, I think so often that we'll look at this word covenant and we'll see like there's got to be stipulations. Mm. Like I... I like, there's got to be so much that I need to do in order for me to make this happen. And so we'll break this down a little bit. And so I want to read Genesis chapter 12. Sorry, me and the team, I didn't put this in my notes or in the notes. Uh, but Genesis chapter 12, and it reads like this. It says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So when we're talking about this covenant this is the first covenant that God instills with a human being at any point throughout the Bible right here. And this is a very significant covenant that's called the Abrahamic covenant. In this covenant, what God is saying is, Abraham, through you, uh, I think Alyssa sang it when she did it, Father Abraham, <laughs> okay, I'm not on worship for a reason, but uh, there, that there is this, this lineage that through Abraham we get to this capital S seed inside Galatians chapter three that Paul is talking about. And, and I want us to really see um, what happens in this is God tells them three things. One, I'm gonna bless you. Mm. Two, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make you great. So I'm not gonna just, just, just you're saved. Like still struggle, be in bondage, be broken, have strongholds, have curses. Like, no, no I'm gonna make you great. And three, what he also says is, um, 
He's going to make him into a great nation as well too. And so there's these principles that is in this promise that's here that we want to talk about. And, and in this same series that, that we go over, um, it's often throughout the Bible that God will often remind us of the promises that he makes. Yeah. So some time goes by, right? Abraham just chilling in the earth, the Chaldeans, minding his own business, working his nine to five, tending the sheep, going to the flock. Why is this sheep not sheeping? Like, what's going on here? And, and Abraham's just living life. But then God shows up and is like, Abraham, I will bless you. And I will make you great. And through you, many nations will come. Well, Abraham didn't have children at this time. So Abraham is just like, what just happened? Like, have you ever had that happen to you where God just like drops something on you and you're like, but God, I'm still single. Like, this don't make no sense whatsoever. <laughs> but here's what God does, is he makes this promise. He makes this covenant with Abraham, and then he goes back and reminds him. And I want to really paint this picture here, because it's going to help us understand why Paul is using this language as a covenant. So in, in, in a few chapters later, in Genesis chapter 15, God shows up again after he's already told Abraham to leave Ur and go to the promised land that he's going to show him. He tells him this, and he says, but Abraham said, sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? Here's what God begins to tell him. He says, look, the promise that I made you, the covenant that I made you, here's what I'm going to show you that I'm true to my word. Here's the demonstration that I'm going to give you. He says through uh, uh, Genesis 15, 9 through uh, 11, he says, so the Lord said to him, bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abraham brought all these three to him, cut them into two, and arranged halves open on the other sides. These birds of the prey came down on the carcasses, but Abraham drove them away. As the sun was setting, um, Abraham fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be in strangers in a country into their own land, but I will punish them, and I will make them a great nation. What God is showing him right here is when he splits these carcasses open, let's just say, this was a carcass, and this was a carcass, okay? Let's just paint this, this illustration here. What, what God is saying right here is he's going through and he's saying that let what happens to these animals happen to me if I don't keep my word to you, Abraham. So the carcasses are open, and God's saying, sorry, camera, if I mess you up, <laughs> that if I don't deliver on this, on this word, if I don't say true to my, my covenant, to my promise to you, then I myself will do, do a demonstration and cut myself open. This is the, do you see the imagery behind this? That God is saying literally that, that I myself will be split open because I cannot keep true to the word that I'm giving you. So I want to paint this picture because this is going to help us understand why this is so important that we're working our way away from the law and focusing on faith. So he, he makes him this promise. He makes him this promise, not this law. He makes him this promise, and he says, Abraham, I will fulfill my word to you. I will fulfill my word to you. But what does that promise look like us, for us today? Because maybe, maybe you're, you're on the other side, and you're like, man, that's great for Abraham. He's blessed. I'm still broke. Like, I still don't, there's, I love how they say this. There's more month than money. Like, I, I, don't, got enough, I don't got enough money to get, me, to get me through, to pay my bills, to, to, to you know, they're going to cut my cell phone off. Like, let's just have a real talk tonight. Like, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Like, it's, it's really hard. But this was the deception 
that people were coming with was saying is, mm, I know Jesus died, but that really is not that significant mm. because you need to make sure that you're doing everything right. You need to make sure that you're f still fulfilling the law, like, like that you're still washing your hands at 7 a.m. every single day. You wake up in the morning and you read for four hours, and then you pray for another four hours, and then you're late to work because you're so spiritual, and you were trying to get in the presence of God, but it felt so like mundane. And so Paul is, 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 is demonstrating this, and he's bringing old Israel history and thought into this to say, maybe we've missed it. Maybe we, we've, we've missed this, that instead of this being about laws, instead of this being about a routine, instead of it being about all of these details that's coming up, yeah. maybe it's about a relationship that we need to have with God, that we need to get back to the promise. What do you think of that? You're right. I, um, I think, you know, I don't know if you read, wrote, or if you're reading over verse 17 again, or if you wanted to touch on anything else on 16. No, but that's good. Um, in verse 17, you know, we, we see, my point is this, the law which came 430 years later does not invalidate the covenant previously established by God. I'm just going to stop right there. So there was a promise made and that promise was through Jesus Christ. So because of Christ, we have access to the promise. Right. That was the whole plan the whole time. So the plan was always for it to be permanent. It was never like, oh, maybe it's going to change. No. Through Jesus, we, are, we have access to the promise. The law that came later doesn't change that. And, I mean, we, we can get into um, verse 18 and 19, but um, I, wanna talk, I do want to talk about the laws. So Yeah. No, and, and I think I love what you said that the whole game plan— God's whole redemptive purpose right. was this, is that here's the extremities that I'm willing to go for humanity. Yeah. Instead of me doing the whole carcass thing again, <laughs> I'm going to send my son. Right. That I'm willing to go to this extreme measure to have relationship back with people right. that I'll send my son this time, that I'll send him, that, that humanity shall be redeemed back through Christ Jesus. So what's our promise today? Well, it's not a heifer a cow, a ram, a dove, it's Christ, it's Jesus. It's, it's yeah. just having Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And just as the promise was that Abraham would be blessed, well, the promise is that through Christ you're blessed. Right. The promise is that through Christ, by your, your faith and your obedience, that you have restoration in your marriage, that you can receive healing, that you can be forgiven of your sins, that you can be broken of, of bondages and shame and guilt, and all of those things can be removed. But if you're following the law, then good luck. Mm -hmm. So where do you want to pick up on the law? <laughs> um, so like I said, laws don't cancel the promise that we received through Christ that was given to Abraham. Um, it doesn't invalidate it, but through our inheritance, so we need to accept Jesus in order for us to have access to that promise. It's not just for anyone. It's for those that, through accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior, is gains an inheritance into the family of God, and the the laws are there, and we we can ask ourselves when we get to, to verse nineteen, why are there laws? Um, for me, to put it plain and simple, is 
it helps us to identify what sin is. What are those transgressions that right. they talk about? And right. um, their guidelines. It's not, it's not for you to try and live by every single rule and law and regulation. And, and that's just exhausting. Yeah, it is. It's truly exhausting too. I remember when, before I had a personal relationship with Jesus, when my mom would take me to Calvary Chapel when I was growing up and I would read the Ten Commandments, I would literally be like, how? Like, how do you never do any of those things? And they would talk about gossip and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm already, like, I'm done. Like, I, I already lost. I'm, you know. But if we're being honest though, people, some, they still do it. And, and then they feel this is like, I can never be a Christian. Like, I could never be saved because I wake up in the morning and I'm already sinful. Like, the moment I open my eyes, ah, I messed up. Therefore, Christ may not redeem me anymore. And, and I think this is why when we read this passage of Scripture, like, like, Paul is really trying to make this emphasis of looking, of saying this. is like, good luck trying to fulfill the law. Right. But there is another way. There is another method. And that method, like you said, is through Christ. It's by receiving him as salvation. Yeah. Um, is there anything you want to add on to that? Okay, um, and I think, I think by, by doing this, is, it's, let's emphasize this now. Verse uh, 16, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to, to his seed, being through him. Scripture does not say, and to seeds, right? Many people, um, but, and to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. So the fulfillment being that through Abraham would eventually come Christ and all the world would be saved through him. And here's what he, said, he goes on, uh, 17 and 18. For if the inheritance depends on law, then it no longer depends on the promise, which would be Christ. But it, in God, in his grace, gave it to Abraham through a promise. The, the inheritance um, is this gift called grace, that, that no longer is it by law that I have to do and do and do and do. But now, now through grace is I can, I can go in my day knowing that God loves me for who we are, that he doesn't love me because I can wake up, read, pray, slay the devil, fast all day, 21 days straight and, and, and be all fired up and shout Pastor Sia down on a, on a Sunday. But he loves me simply because he's created me. Mm-hmm. He loves me simply because of how, how he's made me. And, and I, I, I was reading earlier this, and I, and I love, uh, I came across a commentary that says this. Um, well, it's, it said something about the law and how it, how it binds us down. That the law, like my wife said, was given us as a guideline, but ultimately was a measure of saying this is that Really, the law really shows you how, how much sin there is. In Romans, in Romans chapter 8, it talks about this, that, that the law actually shows Paul, like, man, I'm really messed up. <laughs> like, I'm really sinful. Like, there's a lot of stuff I do on the daily that I am not proud of. And Paul writes this in Romans 6 through 8. But uh, why do we need to live by promise and not law? Why do we need to live by promise and not law? Well, if we were trying to live by the law, then what we would be saying is Christ died for nothing. Like, like Christ, you came, you died, and it's for nothing. Because then I wouldn't, I, I, Christ fulfilled the law. Yeah. In him is fulfillment. But, but if I'm trying to live my life by how, how many times I could fast in a day, how often I could pray, how long I can pray, and all of these stipulations that are going down in an order of a list, then ultimately what I'm saying is I don't need a perfect savior. Right. Because I'm trying to be perfect myself. So why do we live by promise and not by law? Well, law says do this. Do all of these things. Brush your teeth in the morning. Comb your hair. Wash your face. Put your contact in. I'm listening out my mornings. But do all these things. But here's, here's what promise says. Here's what promise says. Law says do this. 
promise says, receive this. Right. Receive this. And there's a big difference that we're reading right here. Paul is talking about a covenant that was made, a promise that was made over a law. Yeah. And here's what he's trying to get us to say is receive what's been given to you. Receive the promise that's been put on your life. Receive the promise that in Christ is everything that you already need. So let me ask this question. Let's look online. Because if we look online, we're not looking at just one person. Have you been operating out of a do that you have to do? Have you been operating out of that? Or have you been operating out of a, I get to receive this promise? Because I think oftentimes what my wife and I see so we see people operating out of, well, isn't this just what I have to do? Yeah. I said, well, technically, no. No, you don't have to do those things. But this is the, the, the tension that we have in this text is we think, well, it's just about my faith then. And if I can just have faith, then I won't have to do. So I want to I I talk a little bit about this because out of this is we're not trying to earn something, right? Yeah. Like, like do I have to... Well, I don't want to set myself up for failure. I was going to say, do I have to earn your love? But I will have to continually work for you to love me. Um, but what, what I'm trying to get to this point is me saying this, is that too many times we have people that will come into church and because of their, their bent view of God's love for them, say, well, I just got to serve in like 15 ministries mm. because I'm just trying to show how much like, I love God. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, before you even do any of that, Maybe it's best to get to know how much God loves you. Right. That through his love for you, you're already, you're already that, that work in progress, that craftsmanship, that worksmanship that he talks about. So I, I want to shift here because I want us to talk a, a little bit about the difference okay. between devotion and obligation. Yeah. Because this is, this is the crux that Paul is really trying to, to steer towards. Is there's people that are coming to him and just saying like, Paul, like, I thought we just had to do all these things. Like, I thought I had to, like, you know, make sure that I was still offering sacrifices in 2021, like, mm. like, like putting it at the incense altar and doing all right. these things. So what do, you, what do you think devotion looks like? You said, you said devotion versus obligation. obligation. Because sometimes people will feel obligated. I think that devotion is like obedience or commitment to. And I think of, like, my marriage. I can look at it like an obligation that I have to cook for my husband. I have to clean up after him. I have oh, hey, to love him. <laughs> but because of the love he gives me, and it becomes like this relationship, which is what we should have with God, what he does for me makes me have the attitude of I get to do it for him. And I think it's more of an obedience versus obligation. So I get to do things for a God who did so much for me and not look at it as, oh, well, I have to. I have to earn his love. I have to earn his grace. I have to do something to earn his forgiveness. There are some people out there and you might be tuned in and you are serving out of guilt and shame of mm -hmm. something you've done rather than serving because God has already forgiven you right. and loves you. That's and I, I pray that that... Yeah, I yeah. pray that that encourages you because we hear that so often from so many people when we see them serving like endlessly and then they come to us and they're like, well, this is what's really going on. Mm -hmm. I messed up. I sinned. slipped up. I sinned. Yep. I slept. Yeah. With someone I shouldn't have. Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> went out 
to the club. Mm-hmm. It's like, how are you going to the club? Like, there's still COVID. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, you will, man, if we didn't just steer your passion towards God, you would be on fire. <laughs> like, wow. Right. But, but this is honestly what we see a lot yeah. is on one side, it looks like, man, like, like they're on fire. Like, mm. like they're, 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 they're doing they're, they're doing the right things, but interiorly, it, it's coming from a posture of, I really messed up. Yeah. And, and I think that this is the demise in Christianity at times, is that we have this lens of the way God can forgive me is not by me asking for forgiveness and repenting, is by me simply doing more for Him. Yeah. So we'll have believers burn out. We'll have believers that, that are in churches and, and they're serving, they're serving, they're serving, and they're just, they're, they're, they're living with, with, with a sin issue. And they're saying like, I, I, I'm, I, you know, I, I made this promise to God. I, I told God that I wouldn't do it and I did it again. So I have to earn his love back. And it's like, let us set you free tonight. God loves you. And this is what I love about Romans 8. As it says, while we were still sinners, that Christ died for us. So even in all the sin that you could be dripping in, like Christ still died for you. And, and, and I want to I kind of take that focus because this is what helps us live a life out of devotion than obligation. Sin will make you feel obligated to serve God. Yeah. Like sin will make you feel obligated to do things for him. Like, man, I messed up. Mm. I done looked at this website. I done looked at that. I done went here. I was drinking this. I was just like, shoo. And I was doing all of this stuff. And I just feel like, man, I, I, I got to, you know, jump back in ministry and got to do all these things. And it's like, no, 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 no. What if instead of doing all these things, we just had a moment with God. Yeah. Like, we were just like, God, right. man, I, I need your love. <laughs> like, real talk. Like, God, I just, I need a hug. Not from another female, man of God. Like, you need a hug from your heavenly father. <laughs> like, you need to be in his presence where he's just like, come here, son. Because let me speak from a man's perspective, especially in relationships from a father figure, it can be very hard to have this, this do and get to mentality because of how our relationship with our, our earthly dads are. Mm. And so we'll, we'll as men oftentimes think like, man, I just gotta, I gotta double up because God needs me to do that. And it's like, no, like maybe God just wants you to know what his voice sounds like as, as a heavenly father to his son. And so we're, we're, we're talking about this devotion. We're talking about living a life out of obligation. And, and I think you, 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 you were on it when you were saying that, man, sin makes you feel like you have to do some stuff. Yeah. You want to elaborate on that anymore? I, I feel like people think that if they just do more things, God is going to speak to them. And I think sometimes we need to, we need to set aside this mentality of just trying to do do for God, and we need to come to God. There's something that happens when you just bring yourself before your heavenly father, run to the altar, have a moment of worship in your bedroom, on your floor, and God is going to speak to you. And I think that those are the transformative moments. It's not in serving, and yes, it is great to serve. I'm not saying do not serve at all. And it's great to serve and surround yourself with community and people who set examples and people who are have the same mindset as you to, to avoid those sinful things that are listed. But I'll apologize right now on behalf of any church or any person yeah. who has given you a structured way of life of you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot. 
rather than just pointing you, pointing you to Jesus. Because we can look at the Ten Commandments, and the second we do one of those things, we can think, I'm done. I messed up. Um, and, and then we'll get to this point of, well, what's the point? Right. I might as well keep doing it. But when we do it the one time, it's better to come to God and allow him to transform our thinking to where he can remove those tendencies or temptations that we have naturally went to. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're learned through family or they're learned through friendships. But like I said, surround yourself around community that is going to point you to Jesus. I know for me, I, I had people who, when I was first first saved and have discernment, but there are some people who will really make you feel like you're still a sinner. Ooh. And that you're stuck there. Get yourself around some people who are speaking life over you, who are speaking to get your to future, speaking to your promise. Yeah. yeah, get to a connect group. Speaking to who they know you can be, who are speaking to the things that you're using for the world and telling you that you can use them for God and you can glorify God. You can see his kingdom go forward because I promise you the things that God has instilled in you, they are not null and void because you sinned. God still loves you. Mm. That promise that he has spoken to you is not null and void because of your sin. Right. That's literally what this is, this is saying. Is right. You can't do anything for God to not love you. I think it's so great that, that you were talking about conditions in the very beginning. But God is unconditional. Right. There is nothing I can do that will make him turn away from me. He wants to open his arms up to you and welcome you back home. He wants to, to, to help you to live a life that, that looks like what he has in the fullness for you. God has so much for you and you cannot think that for a minute that you are that powerful. I'm sorry to break it to you, but you are not that powerful that you can rob yourself of the things that God has for you. And that's how loving our father is. Right. Yes, he's given us the laws. But just like a parent, and this is what I think of, is a parent gives a child guidelines. Don't touch the stove, you're going to burn yourself. Don't run out to the pool because you may fall in and, that, and people drown. Don't um, drink alcohol. Don't do this, don't do that. And they're things to protect you as a son and as a daughter. And that's what God wants for us. But when we are in relation with relationship with him, we gain an understanding of truly being able to say, wow, I really don't want to do those things because I realize that they're not good for me. And so that is that obedience. That's where that obedience comes in. Obedience comes in through relationship. The more that you are in relationship with somebody, the more you're able to trust what they say, you're able to honor what they say. So... You're just going to pass it over with me like that on a soap? (laughs) I'm like, I could keep going. So you're up. All right. And in all of that, I love love the statement you said, is there is nothing you can do for God to not love you. And here's when you said that what I felt is that people genuinely on the other side right now, you feel like, but you don't know what I did. Mm. Like you don't know what, what I did. Here's why this, this pericope, this, this point of scripture is so powerful, is Paul is, is making these comparisons. He's saying the carcasses, right? God, God, let that happen to God if he were not to keep his word. What he's saying is this, he says, 
the promise that was made to Abraham has been fulfilled through Christ after thousands of years. Let's just share a little insight. How hard has it been to trust God in His promises? Really hard. It's not easy, y'all. <laughs> like when God makes you a promise, your husband will be back in church. And you're like, this man of God ain't even like... When God makes you a promise that says that your child will be saved and your child is doing everything but being saved. When God makes you a promise and it looks like it's on the side of failure. This is what Paul is talking about is you don't find your freedom in law. You find your freedom in promise. You find your freedom in the promise. Christ. That in Him, through Him, all the other additional promises that God is making is found through Him. Some of our lowest moments when we felt like, God, did you forget about us? What about the Rodriguez's? We've had to come back and say, God, it's your promise. It's your promise. It's your word. You are not a liar. You made us this promise. You showed us this, God. You breathed on this, Lord. You, you, you showed us, God, what you were going to do. You, you spoke and you showed up. Right. But you hit moments where sin comes in. And, and, and here's where I feel we can transition in this part now. So maybe there is a sin that, that, that came inside. I love what you said. That promise still stands. Because <laughs> God is not a liar. His word does not return void but it is based on our obedience. So yeah, it's by faith, but but through that faith in the promise, in the one that that we're reading in the scripture tonight, is it still can be fulfilled. And can I share with you any hope you're looking for, any faith you're looking for, any sense of, of, I just need to know that it's all gonna work out, it's already been fulfilled. It's already been fulfilled. It's It's already been fulfilled because it's already been fulfilled through Christ. Come on, we can stand to our feet with this one. See, I love, I love that at the culmination of everything that we read tonight, Paul talks about these covenants and he's going through and he's trying to, to, to bring up into a moment of saying, look, those of you who are being deceived, this promise was made many years ago to this person. But full circle coming back around been fulfilled through Christ. So imagine all those years of waiting for something to show up and you're just like, yeah, he forgot about me. He must have not heard my prayer that I was trying to, to, to believe that God would uh, uh, break addiction off my husband or God would break addiction off my wife, that, that God would move and, and, and not have a stronghold over my child anymore. He must have forgotten about little old me. But can I encourage you in this tonight? He didn't forget about you. He didn't forget about you. Because the promise that he made has been fulfilled. The promise that he made is in his son. And that whenever you need another another sense of hope, whenever you need some more sense of assurance, whenever you need of just saying, God, would you remind me? Would you be able to go to his promise, to his fulfillment, to his son? What if instead of going to those addictions, 
What if instead of going to those places, you utilize this moment right here, right now, of just saying, God, would you remind me that God, the promise that you made me, God, if you're not in it, I don't want nothing to do with it. So here's what we're gonna do for the next couple minutes. We're just gonna sing this song. And I, and I want in this moment for you to do what you have to do to press into this moment and just saying, God, I'm here for you. I don't want all those other stipulation rules and conditions that I've been trying to fulfill. I just want you. So worship team, would you go ahead? Would you sing this song? And wherever you're at, online, tuning in from your car, wherever it may be, would you just take this moment and would you just worship your Heavenly Father? Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.